0: Chapter 2. The Salary West of the main intersection in North College Hill is St. Margaret Mary Church. In November 1977, one of the nuns, Sister Madonna Ratterman, was in the audience for a city council meeting. She was there to ask for a crossing guard for the Catholic school. When she stood up to make her case in front of the council, her request was denied. This angered someone else in the room, a young architect named Daniel Brooks. He raised his hand and asked if the council had ever considered using volunteer crossing guards. The council president laughed, saying no one would ever volunteer. Brooks turned around and asked how many people in the room would do the job. A half dozen people raised their hands. He smiled. There are your crossing guards. Shortly after that meeting, Dan Brooks learned that there was an opening on the city's planning commission. He thought he would be perfect for the job, and said as much to the mayor, Joseph Bender. But Bender appointed someone else, someone who Brooks saw as unqualified. And perhaps, it was the mayor's way of slapping Brooks down for causing a scene at that November council meeting. Instead of giving up on the city, he found a new project trying to put a nativity scene at the cemetery. The mayor predictably said, thanks but no thanks. So, the following year, Dan Brooks rounded up 200 volunteers to raise money, design scenery, and make costumes. Two weeks before Christmas 1978, hundreds of people walked down Hamilton Avenue to the Clover Nook Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired, where they dedicated the nativity. The mayor was even there to flip the light switch. The whole episode raised Dan Brooks' profile and forced the mayor to grapple with Brooks's increasing influence in North College Hill. The following year, Bender wanted to know if Brooks would consider running on the Democratic ticket for city council. Although he really wanted an appointment to the planning commission, Brooks said, Okay. But in the middle of the campaign, he noticed some red flags from his own team. He didn't have yard signs like the other Democrats. His name wasn't listed on the Democrats' literature. Dan Brooks suspected he was being set up by the mayor to lose and to force him out of politics. Once again, he didn't get mad. He worked harder. On election day, he got the highest number of votes of all the Democrats and was elected to the council
1: very friendly, very nice. Uh, He had uh, a vision of what he wanted North College Hill to be like and he saw the best of it. He was definitely a person that saw the glasses half full and uh, looked for
0: potential. Maureen Mason, the current mayor. By the way, everything you've heard until now is Dan Brooks' recollection of his entry into politics. Being on council frustrated Brooks. The Cincinnati Post wrote at the time, As much as Mount Healthy is praised for its efficient government, North College Hill is criticized for its lack of one. The streets, sidewalks, and storm sewers needed attention, but there was a resistance in the government to spending money. The new Republican mayor, Charles West, said, We have more bickering here because there is so little money and so much to be done. In 1983, Dan Brooks ran for mayor and unseated West, meaning the citizen agitator was now the head of the government. He launched into his vision to modernize the city. The public works department got its first backhoe. A street levy passed, bringing money for repairs. He pressed for a city charter to let North College Hill set up its own rules for how to operate, and he appointed the first full-time city administrator to manage the day-to-day operations of North College Hill.
2: He had good ideas as far as again making running the city like a business. He like to talk about. Uh, recognizing that it was important enough that there should be full-time people doing that, and not just uh, relatives of people that, that were hired to, to work for the city, that there were people who were qualified.
0: After Dan Brooks had left office, Rick Dykeman wrote Making Things Better, a glowing biography that paints Brooks as personable, competent, visionary, and with the purest of intentions, not to mention that being mayor was something he loved.
2: He said to me, when I go into this meeting tomorrow, everybody's going to stand up when I walk in. And he really liked that. For some sort of a meeting he was going to go to, he said, when I walk in there, everybody will stand up. And him, him telling me, he didn't say the words, but uh, I really liked that. He Once he was convinced to be mayor, he liked being able to stand up and, and, and talk in front of a group of people. There's no question. But he, he, you don't see Dan Brooks' name around town, you know? And, 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 in fact, I've been very disappointed in some ways, naturally, maybe, from uh, the fact that I wrote a book about him. But even to the—I hesitate to mention this. It's a tiny thing, but um, it's, it's a reflection. One of the few things that I did to promote the book, just because that's not my nature to take that aspect of a project and be um, a promoter or a marketer, I put up some flyers around town, one of them naturally in the city center. And the only reaction that I was aware of to that was that the clerk of council sent an email to all of the council members and said, this is inappropriate for this to be on this bulletin board and took it down. So uh, that's the that's the legacy, of the treatment currently that Dan Burke's legacy gets. Uh, Dan was never, as I say, someone to promote his name for its own sake and for his own gratification. But that's, to me, the treatment of 30 years of what I'm calling progress and uh, effective government.
0: There is a case to be made that Dan Brooks was responsible for the progress of North College Hill over his 30 years as mayor. There is also a case to be made that he left behind an astounding mess for others to clean up. In reality, Mayor Brooks made three separate, unwise decisions during his last years in office. They caused division, anger, and a lawsuit. And Dan Brooks, the man who didn't take no for an answer, did not stick around to deal with the fallout. Each of those decisions was well-intentioned, Each of them was so close to being a good idea, and each of them would majorly affect the city for years to come. This is Tear It Down.
3: So now the question becomes if I did inherit that and, the, and our city administrator has enjoyed for a period of time a particular salary, the question is not so much can we lawfully go in and change it, but is it prudent or is it right or is it judicious for council to arbitrarily come in and, and change the salary?
0: It was the Uh, middle of 2015, and the North College Hill Council was arguing over the main topic of the year, cutting the city administrator's salary.
4: You are holding the rest of the city hostage because of your wanting to decrease Mr. Fitzgerald's pay.
0: At the time, the city administrator was a soft-spoken man in his early 60s named Mark Fitzgerald. During the 90s, he had been the city manager of Loveland, a half hour away. Since 2007, he was also a part-time city council member in Loveland, re-elected in 2011 and 2015.
5: I provide a good grasp of, uh, and good understanding of how policy uh, making works. Council members, uh, indeed, are policy makers. They're, they're not implementers. Uh, as such, they have to have the proper temperament to understand the distinction between the two.
0: Fitzgerald worked with his wife, Linda, at a firm called LSR Consultants. Back in 2009, Mayor Brooks had a vacant city administrator job. Linda Fitzgerald had already been North College Hill's 30-hour-per-month economic development director, making a comfortable $41,000 per year. Brooks decided to make Mark Fitzgerald his contracted city administrator for $84,000 a year until he could find a permanent employee. Maureen Mason was a council member at the time.
1: Dan had interviewed people and couldn't find, you know, there was, he was having problems finding somebody who was a good fit for North College Hill. Um, and... We needed somebody, though, in that position. So since Mark Fitzgerald knew the city, he was part of LSR. He had done administrative work before. It was like, okay, he would be uh, acting. He would be in there as an interim city administrator. It would be a contract so that it wasn't a a full-time city employee and no benefits involved. And then it was, this is dragging on more. Dan wasn't finding anybody else to be able to to hire as city administrator.
0: Did you get a um, sense of why that was? You said he couldn't find a good fit, but what does that mean?
1: They all wanted, they wanted more. They, um, I think some, some of them, it was, This wasn't going to be um, a position that they looked at as permanent. We were going to be a stepping stone for, you know, someplace else. I don't know. Being a little city, it was, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to find somebody that looks at North College Hill as being more than just a starter home. If they start out that way, (laughs) it's really bad. You don't want to start out by feeling like, well, you're only a temporary location for me. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to still be out there fishing for something bigger and better and pays more.
0: In court documents, Mark Fitzgerald would later claim that, actually, he was receiving no money as the contract city administrator. Supposedly, it all went to his wife, who owned the company which meant he was doing the most important job in North College Hill as simply a volunteer. But in late 2011, after Mayor Brooks was reelected for the seventh time, he decided to hire Fitzgerald as the city's full-time, permanent administrator. If it had been as simple as that, there likely would have been no problem. But instead, Brooks concocted an unusual scheme— He would dissolve the contract with LSR and the Fitzgeralds. He would pay Mark Fitzgerald $125,000 annually for four years to do both city administration and economic development. But the crucial detail, the part that would cause a gigantic headache for everyone involved, was in the final paragraph of a letter Dan Brooks wrote to the city council. Copies of that letter would later appear over and over again in legal filings. Brooks said, quote, Linda will be included in the package. She will continue to provide the same level of service she has been dedicating to the city of North College Hill, about 30 hours per month. Thus we still pay less than we were in 2008 for administrative and economic development services. Mark benefits due to his increased level of contributions to OPRS, the state pension agency.
1: Dan Brooks, I cringed when he said it, that, uh, oh, in this way we get two for one, because Linda Fitzgerald could still help her husband or assist her husband in his role as economic development uh, city administrator. And and her contacts and her expertise and everything would still be available to the city. And and it was kind of like, uh, you know, a two for one, okay, you have someone in this job. Well, you expect their spouse, male or female, to be a, a consultant or a to help with advice or, you know, input, input, or whatever, or their connections. But it's not like, oh, do we pay this person because what if he and his wife get separated and divorced? Or do we, you know, have her? I mean, it's kind of a stupid or a, I don't know, not the best. It sounds like your
0: concern about the arrangement was that you're having the spouse work for free. Yeah. Or it appears that way. Or the, the spouse is an unpaid intern to her husband. Right. Three months later, Dan Brooks sent an email to the five Democrats on the council. Look for an email tomorrow regarding the pay agreement with Mark and Linda, he wrote. It will be a lengthy attachment, so grab a beer." The next day, he sent a two-page letter defending the pay package. "'I find it interesting,' he wrote, "'that whenever people talk about government, invariably you hear, "'Why don't they run it like a business?' I agree, but when one tries, the same naysayers go crazy and then say, "'How can you do this?' Brooks outlined how the city would be saving money by combining the Fitzgerald's two positions into one. But then the tone of the letter shifted. He stopped talking about how this would help the city and explained how this would help the team. Mark Fitzgerald approached me last year and informed me that he is looking forward to retiring in four years, but he needs to bolster his pension. Thus, he asked me to be made an employee as opposed to a contractor. Keep the team together, give a good product, and control costs, Brooks wrote. The Fitzgeralds gain security for their future, the city solidifies the cash flow, and we are assured of good people. And anticipating the worst-case scenario, that Linda Fitzgerald would not put in as much work or have a conflict of interest, Brooks said, quote, Bull on both. If Linda sandbags it, I will fire her and Mark. I spoke with people outside of North College Hill who had experience in city administration and human resources. Their reactions to this scenario were all incredulous. It's nepotism. It's paying someone no money for the work they used to get paid for. It's a conflict of interest time bomb. And if it ends up in the news, how is it defensible? These weren't even red flags. They were giant blinking stop signs. Stop signs that an HR department might have caught if North College Hill had one. Everyone should have known better. But then again, Dan Brooks' architecture firm for years had been just him and his wife. So perhaps he didn't know better. On April 16, 2012, the council approved the pay combination. All five Democrats voted yes. The two members from Change NCH voted no. And for more than a year, that was that. I have no way of knowing exactly who felt what at the time. But in the minutes from that meeting, there was no discussion of the ordinance, no questions from council, no concerns, and no mention of one word in particular fraud.
6: What did the investigator tell you?
7: After I had explained the circumstances, they can't do that.
0: The following summer, someone showed Brooks's letter to Nick Link, one of the founders of Change North College Hill. He contacted the pension agency and told them that Mark Fitzgerald was receiving two people's salaries to defraud the taxpayers and boost his state pension. A local law firm sent a letter on behalf of Link to the city's law director asking him to sue the city and stop the illegal payments. Soon after that, OPERS halted all pension contributions for Fitzgerald over $84,000. In September, Linda Fitzgerald resigned from doing any volunteer work for the city. That same day, Dan Brooks wrote to her husband, "'You will continue to provide community and economic development services.' I feel this is part of your charter-related duties as city administrator. It wasn't exactly him firing them both if Linda sandbagged it. Three months later, Dan Brooks abruptly resigned. It appeared that the city was headed toward major trouble. But in fact, the record shows otherwise. The Ohio State Auditor, which investigates fraud, took no action. And after another person associated with Change NCH emailed more alleged evidence to the pension agency, they responded that they were no longer investigating.
1: Do you think Opers would have said, oh well, they didn't, you know, we'll, we'll overlook this? Hell no.
0: Do you think their reasoning was just that It was a singular compensation amount for Mark Fitzgerald, and it didn't necessarily matter if his wife was attached to it. That was his salary, and so he would just get a certain amount for his pension based off of that figure alone.
1: Just like anybody else. If you were given a a raise, if you're under OPERS and you got a raise or you got a promotion and your pay increased... Your OPERS is based on on what your salary is."
0: So there was no fraud. There was no fire and fury from the state. But instead, there was something just as stressful. A new city council where Change NCH had the majority. The November 2013 election gave Change NCH control of the city council just four years after running their first candidates. Council members Renee Stiles and Pat Hartzell were joined by Susan Wittlesbach and Shauna O'Shea. Maureen Mason lost her seat, but, in a twist, was put right back on council after another member, Amy Bancroft, was appointed the new mayor. Trouble started almost immediately. In March, the city needed someone to perform building inspections and help with code enforcement. Fitzgerald asked the Council to approve of a contract with a company called Expex. The first two times the issue appeared on the Council agenda, there were a few questions from the Change members and their supporters in the audience, but nothing overly critical. However, at the final reading, all four Change NCH Council members voted down the proposed contract. There were allegations that Fitzgerald was friends with the company's owner, that because of this, he should have shopped around for other companies. Fitzgerald claimed that this was a specialty operation. It didn't need shopping around. Besides, he didn't need the council's permission. He was just coming to them out of courtesy. Within days of the council rejecting the contract, Fitzgerald signed it anyway. But the council majority had a trump card. The lawsuit.
8: When he was hired, he was hired at 84. And then the appropriation came in that they combined the economic developers.
9: It's not what it said, though. The
8: it doesn't it, it doesn't say anything. It just says they're combining the salaries. That's what the I'm appropriation says. Have, no, I don't want category. to. I don't want to get into it anyway, it really either, because there, it, what my question was, is we've heard it a couple of times
9: I'm not sure what you're trying to accomplish.
8: I want I to wanted take away the duties of economic developer
9: from Mr. Fitzgerald.
8: from Mr. Fitzgerald, and I would like to have that separated from his duties.
9: But you don't want to pay him $124,000 anymore.
8: Well, the, the only reason right? I'm we can sure. I'm to figure yes, out. Yes, yes, I would prefer not to pay him the $124,000.
0: Shauna O'Shea was nothing short of a lightning rod on the City Council. A one-time paramedic with the North College Hill Fire Department, she was one of the most vocal council members in questioning the administration on matters large and minute. She was outspoken in her belief that items before the City Council should go through three readings, be considered in three separate meetings before Council approved them. O'Shea filed a lawsuit in Hamilton County in June 2014. The case was given the surreal title of City of North College Hill versus City of North College Hill.
5: I don't
2: know why she didn't or may not have thought that that would have been a burden
9: on the city.
0: Right. I mean, maybe the idea was that if Mark Fitzgerald was found guilty, he would have paid back the city whatever it was, $160,000 over four years, and that would have outweighed the costs of the lawsuit. Did anyone ever say anything like that? No. The court documents will be a conspiratorial tale of how Mark Fitzgerald, with Dan Brooks, plotted to cheat taxpayers, enrich himself, and, quote, duped and hornswoggled the city council. O'Shea submitted as evidence the letter Dan Brooks wrote to the council in 2011, plus the one he sent to just his allies. There was even an email Brooks sent a month before he resigned, referring to the Change NCH council as our new group of idiots. But given her lawsuit, where as a council member she was the plaintiff, but also technically the defendant, It was puzzling to watch her and the rest of the majority attempt time after time to cut Mark Fitzgerald's salary. The council majority leaned religiously on one sentence in the city's charter, Section 3.06 which reads, the council of the city, by ordinance or resolution, shall determine the number of employees in each department and shall fix, by ordinance or resolution, their respective salaries and compensation. Council members took that to mean they had the right to set the exact dollar amount of each city worker. So, in the 2015 budget, they simply slashed Mark Fitzgerald's salary to what they thought it should be. $84,000.
9: $84,000. Council initially set that salary, and you've, that salary you've inherited. You may not like it, you may have great disdain for it, but it was originally set and you originally a- approved it. Once that happens, if you read my letter, I believe there's an implied contract by operation of law, and that employee has a constitutional right into that salary as set. Mm-hmm. I believe I if you, you don't approve that amount, You're subjecting the city to liability to Mr. Fitzgerald. If Mr. Fitzgerald sues you or asks for an injunction, he probably would succeed. William Dieters, the city's law director,
0: repeatedly lectured the council that they could not lower Fitzgerald's pay. Fitzgerald, he argued, had a property interest in his salary. Not liking what a person is getting paid wasn't a lawful reason for cutting his pay. Dieters did allude to one possible legal way the council could cut the salary. From what I gathered, it would involve abolishing the economic development director, and no one could remember precisely how that would work. I attempted to contact Dieters and the Fitzgeralds. Dieters declined to talk, and none of the email addresses or phone numbers listed for Mark or Linda Fitzgerald was functional. I left a message for him with the city of Loveland, where Fitzgerald was recently mayor, but he never returned it. Thanks to the council, because Fitzgerald's salary in the budget was now $84,000, that meant if he was getting paid at the higher rate... He would have stopped getting paychecks midway through the year. You know, so this aggravated no, Jim O'Shea, the husband of Shauna O'Shea, and an almost obsessive critic of mayors counsel. Amy Bancroft and Maureen Mason for what he counsel. perceived oh, as violations of counsel? the law. Okay,
7: so um, so and I you believe no you intentions. know that there is. You have no intentions of trying to resolve the problems with the uh, overspending is, from the is, account. Is,
4: it is in the midst of a lawsuit right now. Well, no, no Mr. actually, O'Shea, that particular
7: part of it is not part of the lawsuit. It
4: is part of a lawsuit, Mr. No, O'Shea. No, it's yes, not. Not. it is. Well, apparently, yes, you
2: haven't
7: it read is. the lawsuit. Nonetheless, the issue here is if you are going to allow your employee to be paid from an unappropriated fund.
4: It is part of a lawsuit. How many times do I have to tell you that? It is part of a lawsuit. And we have been advised by counsel that we are not
7: to discuss that. Thank you for your opinion, but that is not part of the lawsuit. So again, I'm just asking, in general, are you going to continue to allow the finance director to pay money out of an account that has negative funds
4: it is that is my answer you may not like my answer but that is my answer it is part of a lawsuit do you have it's anything not about else liking. mr. O'Shea it is liking. move on mr. To Roche. the next question
7: do you have anything you're not going
4: to get another answer that is okay, the answer
7: would someone explain to me then why or when does the mayor have the authority to change the minutes to the council
0: the change NCH majority was focused like a laser on salaries, and not just the city administrators. In December 2014, North College Hills finance director announced his resignation. To take his place, Mark Fitzgerald planned to hire Shannon Homer, a longtime employee of the tax department. He and Mayor Amy Bancroft agreed to pay Homer $57,000. At one point, the council asked at a meeting what her salary would be. Fitzgerald responded that it was less than what the previous finance director was making, which was true. But the administration was shocked when the council moved to change the budget, making the finance director's new salary $50,000, not $57,000.
5: If there was all that much heartburn about her making $57,000 rather than $50,000, why was that not brought to anybody's attention? rather than at that very last moment. So I I find it really distasteful that we're quibbling over $7,000 for someone who probably uh, could leave this community and go and get a tax administrator's position that pays more than $57,000.
0: A few days later, Mark Fitzgerald did sign a contract with Shannon Holmer. Her pay in the contract was set at $57,000. Fitzgerald asked council member Pat Hartzell, the chair of the finance committee, how the council decided on the lower amount.
5: Where, where did you come up with the, the number that you threw out there? I mean, well, that was it, co- totally arbitrary.
10: It, it's up to council to set the salaries and the number of people. Is that not correct?
5: Council's job is to set policy. We've
10: got to set budgets, too, and that's our job. We set the, the, the salaries of people. Is that not correct?
5: Council approves the appropriation. Council's job is not to go to every nickel with what every individual makes. Now, if you want to sit here and quibble about how I do my job, uh, you've been doing that since uh, the last year and a half.
10: Okay. I really don't want to quibble it. I want to get it straight (laughs) as to who's doing if we're setting it, or you're setting it, wh- whose job is it to set the amount?
0: If Hartzell us appeared us confused accurate, and unable to answer, an answer. so Thank Council we're Member we're Renee Stiles jumped I in. I think
5: it's our job to set that amount. Why, why did you arrive at, at a number like that? Where did that come from?
10: I don't know where that came from. All I know is when that came to that reading, that that amount was in there. Can anybody tell me where that amount came from? Well,
4: I'm interested in knowing where the fifty thousand figure came from, Madam President
11: Stiles. Um, the promotion for the finance director from tax administrator to a finance director was an internal, um, an internal promotion, and had that original salary um, be given, it would have been almost a sixty percent increase. And to do an internal promotion with a 60% increase was kind of astronomical. Um, So a 15% increase is what brought it to approximately $50,000. So that's where it came from, just based on an internal promotion.
0: June 2015 was a crisis month for North College Hill. There was a discovery that the previous finance director had $21,000 in unused time that needed to be paid out. However, that money would come from the current finance director's budget, meaning that if the council didn't add more money, Shannon Holmer would have to stop working for the rest of the year. The administration prepared an ordinance which would have done three things. It would add $21,000 to pay out the previous finance director. It would add the missing $7,000 to the current finance director's salary. And it would add the missing $41,000 to the city administrator's salary. At the June 1st meeting, Shawna O'Shea moved to strike out everything but the $21,000 payment.
8: I would like to make a motion to remove Mr. Fitzgerald's full-time salary, 101, 701, 52, Remove that from the ordinance and to change the appropriated amount for 101, 704, 52, from 28 to 21.
0: The motion failed. Maureen Mason moved to adopt the ordinances written. That failed too. The clock was ticking and the frustrating part was that the impasse was so, largely not about finance I, I at just, all. It was uh, about Mark Fitzgerald.
5: hope you feel uh, vindicated in, in being able to uh, uh, make your point. And let's face it, Shannon's collateral damage uh, and uh, it's just an unfortunate uh, situation.
0: Two weeks later, Shannon Holmer ran out of money. She stopped working and consequently could not sign paychecks for city employees. A special meeting on June 15th was called for council to fix the problem. However, when the cameras turned on at 6.30, something was not right. At the council table were the four members of Change NCH, but the council democrats and the administration were gone. Also in the room was Ryan Laflamme, who worked with Bill Dieters, the law director. Laflamme had a statement addressed to one particular council member.
6: Is that there is a uh, current litigation against the city. Um, Ms. O'Shea is a uh, participant in that litigation as a plaintiff. And the suit seeks money damages against the city for issues that are directly related to the legislation. And so the concern would be that if there's a vote on the legislation, at least on the part of Ms. O'Shea, um, there could be the potential for someone to claim that there's an ethical violation there in the sense that a public official is not allowed to have a a personal interest or a pecuniary interest in a matter before council. We would be advising specifically Ms. O'Shea that you don't participate in the vote on the. 12 2015 ordinance.
0: From there, the meeting degenerated. Renee Stiles was irate that the city even had to pay the previous finance director at all.
11: And what entitlement gave the past finance director the $21,000 payout? We haven't received any written documentation that states he was entitled to that, other than that's what, what was agreed upon. So I don't care what might have been said, if it's not documented, it didn't happen. So now everything's suffering and now the budget's being held up. And now, you know, there's chaos that, you know, the city might shut down, which is not acceptable.
0: George Snyder, a former auditor and council member who is helping Shannon Homer with the budget, was in the room to respond. Just how many
7: employees are here today? Raise your hand. How many people understand that when you leave, you get paid out for your vacation? Hold up your hands.
11: They have a policy. But do they have contracts? And I believe you they do. have a
7: policy, long standing.
11: Where is the policy? Because, Mr. Schneider, we've asked for that, but nobody's given it's it to us. Also,
7: in the state code, when people leave, they get paid for their vacation. You, do you work? Do, do you have a job? Oh
11: absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a full time job? Yeah, absolutely. If you leave in the middle of the year, do you get paid out your vacation? Absolutely. Well, there you go. Mr.
7: President. I don't know what other, there's nothing else to say. Okay.
0: It's yeah. unclear where the missing I'm Democrats were no during all of this. But Councilmember Susie Wittlesbach pleaded for them to join the meeting okay, I'm, I'm and they began to trickle in.
12: I as I mentioned before, I'm greatly disturbed by what Mr. Flame has spoken to us about the fact that paychecks for the city is going to be held up. And paychecks for our benders will be held up and that the first i had actually heard of this was not from mr flame and not from the city was but facebook and that's really sad that that is my mode of finding out things so that greatly disturbs me
3: mm-hmm.
12: so i right now i would really like the rest of council to please join chambers so if tracy nichols could also join us from the other room because i'm i'm going to call for an amendment and i need everybody to please here so if Tracy could please join us from the other room.
4: Amendment to what? I didn't Good. get my notice about the 6.30 meeting until 9 o'clock
12: it was this morning. Off. It was dropped off at it your house at 1.30. It was at my
4: door, and we were home, and nobody knocked on the door or attempted to make any kind of uh, – contact to let me know that it was out there.
12: It was I didn't in the morning
4: get it morning. until 9 o'clock this morning Madam on my President. way to
0: work. All of the council members were now and present. And immediately, please President please Kathy Riga attempted to start another special meeting, one that I'm had been scheduled be for really 7 o'clock. That I'm prompted saying. mass confusion. This and then if
13: you're done start. talking about this, then we can't proceed with our meeting and get this ordinance passed so these people can be paid
11: but we can't pass an ordinance madam president because the letter specifically says the purpose of this meeting is for an executive session to discuss personnel matter employment of official public official and pending legislation once we come out of executive session we cannot go into a council meeting because that's not the purpose of the special meeting
0: Ryan Laflamme from the city's law office appeared stunned at the chaos.
6: This is certainly a uh, strange circumstance with two meetings running up against each other uh, as they've been set. Council member Ron
0: Mosby was disturbed at the free-for-all that the meeting was turning into.
3: Well, right now, what we're doing is we're not displaying proper decorum, and so I am more concerned right now that we maintain order in our council rather than to have people speaking at every whim. So what I would ask of my colleagues would be to kindly refer to the president when you desire to speak, instead of doing as you had just mentioned, Mr. Hartzell, and cutting each other off.
0: Mosby was an outlier on the council. A Republican, he was appointed to a council seat held by a Democrat seven months prior. He's a Christian author and radio host, but had worked before in state government and as the chief of staff to three Cincinnati City Council members. At times, he could be pompous and long-winded. But though he floated around the periphery of Change NCH, Mosby was thought to be a fair dealer, and the one person on the council who insisted on procedure and decorum. To see him this rattled was highly unusual.
3: What I'm saying is this is what I mean. What we are doing right now is we're, we're grandstanding, and we're making, we're making this personal. We can't make this personal. What it should so, be about the business of government and how we operate our city. It's got to be more important than trying to win a battle.
0: The mayor, the Amy Bancroft, had a happen. wild-eyed look of rage.
13: Mayor Bancroft, were you um, are you good with that idea of going into executive session? I'm
10: sorry. I was... I was just pondering this whole mess. fiasco going on right now. Um, that would be fine. Whatever gets us moving along and getting work done for the employees and citizens of the city. Why, we, why another meeting was called without just calling and say, can we amend the existing meeting? This is such, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy! Just
13: yeah, the 7 o'clock meeting has been set since it. last Friday.
10: And the public knew about it.
0: After deliberating for a half hour, the council entered executive session behind closed doors. When they returned, they agreed to add $21,000 for the finance director and called another meeting the next day to give final approval. At least, that's what was supposed to happen.
3: In reality, the when the
0: council reconvened, Ron life, Mosby had a had a revelation.
3: Legislation. In the movie It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Potter offers George Bailey a job working for him. George is about to accept the offer but declines and emphatically states, you sit around here and you spin your little web and you think the whole world revolves around you. Well, we're not Mr. Potter, and we were not elected to spin our little web.
0: We he delivered an impassioned speech sure about the proper role of council and administration in the city's government.
3: Madam President, I would ask your permission to inquire of my colleagues and yourself two very important questions. My first question is, and then because I am the junior member here on council, the newest one, um, since being elected to count city council, <clears throat> have you been involved with the reduction of salary of any employee in the city?
0: In a bizarre twist, Mosby went down the row of council members, asking each of them if they had ever reduced someone's salary and then if they would want their own salary reduced.
2: No, I would not, um,
8: unless there was just cause or if it was neglect or something
11: on my end, I would not want my salary. Renee? Um, I would not want my salary decreased unless it was to maintain
3: my job.
0: After listening to everyone's answer, Mosby sprung a surprise surprise
3: motion. Um, With that, and as I said, that I believe that this is the most difficult decision that we have to make. However, I am going to to, uh, move to amend uh, Mr. Hartzell's ordinance to include the salary of Mr. Fitzgerald in this particular ordinance.
12: I'll second that. Now, I understand where you're coming from, that you want to add that in there because you feel very strongly about that, but I would caution you to, if you want this to be addressed, I would suggest maybe making its own ordinance and not trying to tie it to an ordinance that has people's paychecks tied to it because I I don't think that's a very fair thing to do.
0: That exact argument was why Ron Mosby made the controversial amendment to begin with. No city employee should be deprived of their salary, And Mark Fitzgerald was a city employee, too. Bill Dieters, the law director, was sitting and listening. He reiterated
9: his advice that Shauna O'Shea should recuse herself. She's seeking monetary damages, and as a plaintiff, she would be the one that would would receive those monetary damages. She has an interest in the action, the personal interest. And if you read any of the ethics laws in chapter 29, I think it would be clearly in violation in my opinion. She okay. also chose to abstain yesterday, so I think she has some understanding of the concern that she might have as a risk. And so, you know, my obligation is to represent council and the mayor and the administration. Um, so, it, you know, she has to make that choice herself. I, I can't make it for her. No one else can. I can only give her my advice.
12: Okay. And then that I reiterate to call the question.
13: We have a motion and a second on the floor to adopt ordinance 12 2015 as oh, amended? No. no. To amend. To amend. It's simply to amend. Oh, that's right. Uh, to uh, amend Ordinance 12-2015. Roll call.
9: Mr. Mosby? Yes. Ms. Mason? Yes. Ms. willis No. Mr. Hartzell. No. Ms. Nichols? Yes. Miss O'Shea? No. Ms.
0: Stiles? No. The amendment failed, with Council Member O'Shea voting no. She realized that if she abstained, Mason, the vote would have yes. been three to three, and Council Black. President yes. Kathy Riga would have broken the Hart- tie Black. to pay Mark Fitzgerald Mason, his salary. Yes. The council proceeded Black. to yes. a final vote. Mr. Hartzell.
9: Yes. Miss Nichols. Yes. Miss O'Shea.
8: I'm going to abstain. Abstain.
9: Miss Stiles. Yes. Six to zero, Madam President.
0: When Shauna O'Shea abstained, Ron Mosby leaned back in his chair. Maureen Mason looked to the ceiling and laughed. O'Shea had gone against her legal advice to prevent the city administrator from being paid. Then she recused herself when it was no longer about him. Two people with an understanding of North College Hill's administration told me that, in reality... Mark Fitzgerald could have signed the employees' paychecks. Doing so would have averted some of the crisis atmosphere, but it would have given the council more time to avoid paying the finance director, which is likely why he refused to intervene. I understand why Change North College Hill resented Mark Fitzgerald's salary. They felt it was the product of deception, that it was free taxpayer money for no extra work. While I don't think it was that bad, and neither did the state of Ohio, they have a point. I cannot overstate how truly terrible this idea was. To have one spouse supervising the other, with only a swashbuckling promise from the part-time mayor that he could fire them both, it was a botched attempt at saving money that cost the city much more. It was too cavalier. It was too, trust me, I'll take care of it. But ironically, the salary combination made it harder for Change NCH to trust the administration on anything. The salary did not turn into a problem when Change realized what it meant. It was the city's problem from day one. I can also sympathize with the council members who were skeptical of the $21,000 payout to the old finance director and demanded proper documentation. Their job is to look after taxpayer dollars. For the most part, they appeared to be doing their job. And Fitzgerald probably had as little respect for them as they had toward him. But after talking to city managers, mayors, and council members with many years of experience in municipal government about what is appropriate for a council to do, I was told that undercutting the administration by slashing a new employee's salary after it's been negotiated is incredibly unwise. It's not how you convince people to work for your city. One person told me, You don't treat people like that. In the words of another, It's bullshit. 2015 was a rough year for North College Hill's government. Not only was the O'Shea lawsuit steamrolling ahead, but there was plenty of concerning behavior happening off camera. It's for those reasons that 2015 was also the last year for so many people.
10: Just for the council members to fully realize the toxic workplace that has been created here for our employees and uh, but we've made it through that, and I, and I do. It's my regrets. It's been an honor. Um, I had really hoped to make it through the end of the year, um, but unfortunately not. And uh, I regretfully will be resigning.
0: Next time. Please support Tear It Down by supporting our sponsor, Rhyming Regards. As you venture toward the unknown, question all that you're shown. Do the undone, be held back by none, and know that you're never alone. Rhyming Regards is the one-stop shop for all of your limerick needs. Have them create custom announcements, holiday cards, and drip marketing campaigns. Or choose from existing designs starting at $1.39. That's Rhyming Regards, dot com.